0: To us. Good morning everyone. How is everyone? Good. Hot. Now, I don't often hear that when I'm standing here, that, uh, that you're warm. Well, get, get your updates and uh, fan yourselves a little bit, cool yourselves down. As I mentioned last Sunday at the start of my preach, and we were talking about the 11th of July and having Jeremy and Anne with us and Nigel and that. And I mentioned it's a very busy, it's a busy day, isn't it? Because we're also going to have England playing in the World Cup final. So we're going to have a lot to sort of uh, pack in. So during the week they managed to take one step towards it. You never know, they may be able to make another step this afternoon. As, as Matt said, this is the third and the uh, final preach in a mini-series that I've been doing um, through June. And it's, it's, what I've been looking to do is just outline where we're going as a church over the next sort of 12 to 18 months. I've focused on the importance of Sunday mornings as we gather together, as we encounter God. Wasn't it good this morning? Just meeting with God and, and knowing his presence with us, hearing him speak to us and uh, provoke us as different ones brought contributions. And so these times when we gather Sunday by Sunday are so very, very important. Well, we've also been looking at what we do as a church midweek and the importance that it's not only important that we gather together but also that we disperse and have an impact in our communities and the places where we work and the places where we live and the people that we meet at the school gate and in the other settings we find ourselves in. So that's what we've been looking at over the last three weeks. Now, if you haven't heard... Um, either of the last two preachers, let me encourage you to uh, download them. You can do that from our website. And that will help also fill in any gaps, because I'm, as I'm speaking this morning, you may feel, oh, what about this or that? And it's, it's more than likely that I'll have covered most of those areas over the last two weeks. So do download um, the preachers from the last couple of weeks. Shall we pray? Yeah, I think it would be good to pray. Why don't we all stand up? Because I saw you were getting a bit comfortable there. And you sort of get a bit of blood flowing around your, your body and um, keep your weight for the next sort of 40 minutes. Let's just pray together. Why don't we pray, oh God, would you speak to me today? Would you, would you Lord God, um, open your word to me today? Lord, we do. We we come to you this morning. We say, Lord, it's such a privilege to worship you. We love to exalt and lift your name up high. Lord, it's a thing we love to do. But I pray, Lord, this morning, as your word is preached, would would you make it live for us? I pray, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would it be applied to our lives? I pray, would you help me? to communicate effectively this morning. I pray, Lord, even with the warmth and the heat this morning, that you you would make your word live. That you would provoke us. That you would stir us. That faith would rise in our hearts. I pray we'd grow in our understanding. Lord, I ask you, would your word do its work this morning? We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Excellent. Just a date for your diaries. Um, It's a little way off. It's the last week in September. We've got the privilege of having Julian Adams with us. He was with us about 12 months ago on a Sunday morning. He came with Jeremy and Anne and we had an excellent time. He's coming back to Hastings and he's staying for the weekend. So from the 24th to the 26th of September, we're going to have Julian with us. He's going to be speaking on the Friday evening and on the Saturday evening and on the Sunday morning. And then during the Saturday He's going to do some sort of workshopy type stuff with us. And the sort of theme, the thing we're going to be looking at is growing in the prophetic, enjoying the things of the Spirit, praying for the sick. It'll, it'll be uh, very experience-based. So make sure you put it in your diary. If you've got children and you're thinking, I don't know how um, we're both going to get there, I've given you a couple of months' warning see if you can get babysitters even for part of the day or the whole of the day. I imagine it will be the morning and probably some of the afternoon. So if you're looking to plan and prepare, um, see if you can uh, work that one through. Two weeks ago I finished by looking at the words of Matthew chapter 5 verses 14 to 16. So if you've got your Bibles with you, why don't you open up there. Matthew chapter 5, that's the first book of the New Testament, so it's about three-quarters of the way through. And I think I mentioned two weeks ago, um, I find these, these words very uh, provoking, this passage of scripture very provoking. Actually, let's start at verse 13. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out And trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven." In those two uh, parables, I guess you would call them that, Jesus uh, is looking to explain one main truth. He's looking to expound one particular thing that he wants to emphasize to those who are listening to him. And uh, I think as we're looking at these words, um, what I want to communicate is, and it came through so well this morning in the praise and worship, God has done marvelous things in us. Don't you agree? God has given to us eternal life. He has given us new hearts. He has transformed our lives. There is a living hope that is now within us. As I've often said, we've not just joined a club, we've not just decided now to attend to church. When we gave to our lives to Jesus, we were born again. We were united with Jesus Christ. We were included with him. It's not just that we've said we're going to try a bit harder now. You have been included in Christ. You have experienced a wonderful transformation. It may be that you still have struggles and things that you're working through, but you have a living hope within you. You are light you have been wonderfully wonderfully transformed what we've been singing about and enjoying this morning oh god i praise your name i i've been wonderfully saved i've been united with jesus christ as becky said i am dead to sin but alive to god in christ jesus i am able to come right into his presence without fear or doubt something something has changed within us. And Jesus says, you are the light of the world. That transforming power is like light shining in darkness. And what Jesus says is, with this light, with this wonderful transformed life, with this eternal life that we enjoy, whatever happens, church, don't hide it away. Don't don't put it under a bowl but let it shine before men that they would see your lives and praise your father in heaven i used i used to work for a company called westridge a building company based out of bodium and often i don't know if it'd be the same for you but you know often monday morning what you talk about what what have you been up to this weekend Oh, Friday night I had a good night out with Chloe and then Saturday I did something with the boys. Saturday evening, yeah, we, we, we just watched something on TV and you go through your weekend and, and if you're not careful, and this is just a simple illustration, do any of you ever jump from Saturday night to Sunday afternoon? Do any of you just sort of go, well, Sunday, oh, Sunday afternoon I went down the park, I had, I had a great walk down the park, it was lovely. It wasn't a weather good. I was going to say we went surfing, but you don't surf in the park, do you? It's sort of... On the boating lake, there's often not the waves to quite pull that off. And, and, and so often it would be as though, or I could be accused of doing, just putting the light under the bowl. Do any of you relate to that? It's, it's not. Whereas where God's done wonderful things in our lives, and, and in some ways, all we have to do is talk about them. Just talk about what has God has been doing. Do any of you find that? That can be a bit tricky at times. Turn with me to one Peter chapter two. One Peter chapter two, starting at verse nine. In some ways, I think this is a bit of a parable pa- parable. no parallel passage. Peter is writing to the church, and he says this. These are wonderful words. 1 Peter 2 verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you are not a people but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We're going to read on again in a little while. In, in this passage, Peter is referring, or he's talking and saying, look, it's wonderful. It's wonderful being saved. It's wonderful being part of the church. Do you know that you are a chosen people? Do you know you are chosen people by God? Do you know you're a royal priesthood? Not just a priesthood, but a royal priesthood. It's not just one, one person on a Sunday morning who ministers before God, but actually there's a priesthood of all believers. We all have a ministry. We can all come right into God's presence. We can all connect directly with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and, and Peter is explaining this wonderful salvation that we've received, not just individually but corporately, we're part now of God's people. But then he puts in this very interesting verse, that you may declare the praises of him who called you. Now I've read these verses many times before but I've, I've often assumed when it talks about declaring his praises, I've assumed it's a bit like what we've been doing this morning. You know, we're a chosen people, we're a royal priesthood. Why? That we may declare the praises of him who has called us. The English Standard Version says this, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you. The King James Version, which is a bit of a challenge to get your head around the, the ye's and the uh, hath and that sort of thing, but it says this, that ye should should show forth the praises of him who hath called you. And looking at those versions of the Bible, I see a different emphasis coming through. That word declare is to make known by praising or proclaiming. It's to celebrate, it's to declare abroad, it's to divulge, it's to publish. I've always assumed this verse is predominantly between me and God, or maybe us and God. That we're to declare his praises like we did this morning. But actually when you get into it, you find that isn't actually. The main emphasis is about proclaiming, I love these words, it's about proclaiming his excellencies. We're a chosen people that we might proclaim his excellencies, that we might proclaim how great our God is. And do you know when God is most glorified? When we proclaim his excellencies to people who do not know him. You know, what we've been doing this morning as we have been exalting his name and we've been saying what a wonderful love that we enjoy, what wonderful grace. It's not that we start singing in our workplaces because people may not appreciate that. They'd appreciate me singing, but they may not appreciate all of you. It's not, it's not that, but it's that we, we, we proclaim, we're communicating the excellencies of the God that we worship. God has done marvellous things in our lives. And do you know one of the purposes we have as a church is to tell people who do not know about him just how excellent he is. Just what wonderful things he's done in our lives. I know there's many of you here whose physical bodies have been healed because you've been prayed for and the God of all gods and the King of all kings he's healed you. I know for many of you, your lives and maybe your emotional lives, which have been hurt and damaged and scarred, you've you've known healing in that way. Why? Because God met with you and He's he's done something in your life. Hey, that's worth sharing. That you may proclaim His excellencies. That you might. We've got to do it in relevant ways. We've got to do it in ways that people can connect with. But hey, just talking about the goodness of God. Just communicating how. Great is our God. I don't think this verse is just upward. I think it's outward as well. We are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation that we may proclaim his excellencies to Hastings, to Bexhill, to those that we meet with. We serve a wonderful, wonderful God. Matthew Henry says this on the back of these words, and I I try and read it better than I read that King James Version. That they should, so that's us, that we should show forth by words and actions the virtues and praises of him who has called us. Yes, we show show forth his excellencies to one another, but actually I think God is most glorified as we show forth his excellencies to people who who do not know him. I'm not much of a sportsman. I enjoy watching it, but I'm not very good at playing it. I know it comes as a surprise to many of you. Charlie, my oldest boy, it's sickening, it really is. So I turn his hand to anything and he just naturally can do it. And um, often if we're not able to go and watch him play football he comes back and it just bubbles out how excellent he was. <laughs> I'm sure some of the stories get embellished, three or four players pops it in the corner, shots from halfway lines, but in in a sense, it, it gets more glorious as you speak about it to other people, as you share it with others. It's a bit like a bride on her marriage day. You know, she gets all ready in a room. And in some ways, I think she's probably most glorious when she's coming down the aisle and people turn and look at her and they say, Wow. Isn't she beautiful? There's, there's something in the sharing of it. There's something in the explaining, in the communicating that, that, that makes the object even even more glorious, even better than it was before. Do you see where I'm sort of going with that? And I think that's the same with God. As we declare his excellencies to people who do not know him, we raise his name higher. We glorify the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There's something, there's something within us that we, 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 it, it bubbles out, that we want to celebrate and enjoy the good things that are happening. And what I, what I think Jesus is trying to communicate in, what, in uh, Matthew chapter 5 is, don't hide everything I'm doing. Don't hide all of my goodness. Just push it off. Don't, don't embellish it. Don't make it better than it is. But just say how good I am and the work I'm doing in your lives and let that shine. Because that will have an impact. If we go on in 1 Peter... Chapter 2, Peter goes on to say this, and this is verse 11, we've just read verses 9 and 10. Dear friends, I urge you, as aliens and strangers in the world, to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Peter goes on to communicate that we're we're really only temporary residents here. There's something much better waiting for us. Our citizenship is in heaven. We're, We're only here for sort of 60, 70, 80, maybe some of you 90 years. But we've got an eternity with God. That's where our citizenship is. And he says, with that in mind, live as strangers here abstain, don't, don't, just, don't just go with the, uh, what, is it? what does it say? It says the um, sinful desires which war against your soul. Peter's not just saying let go and let God, you know, just go with the flow. It says no, wage war, don't, don't, don't take these things on. And, and what, what, where does he go with it? Where does he take it on to? He says this, he says live such good lives among the pagans, or I think a a better phrase to use in in our day would be just those that don't believe in Jesus. Live such good lives among them, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, and we're often accused of wrong, aren't we? Maybe it's because of the things that we would uh, believe or teach, we're we're not not politically correct, we're not necessarily going with the flow, we can be misunderstood or seen as out of date. So we can often be accused um, of doing wrong, but he says, what speaks? That they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Again, if, if, if you may be... Well, when I've read this passage, in a sense, I've, 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 again, I've, I've been thinking, what's this about? It's about holiness, it's about being God's people, it's about living lives that please God, and, and all of that is in there, and all of that is right, but Peter takes it one step further, and he says that people who are watching you may see your good lives, and it will give credibility to the message, and it gives credibility to the gospel, it gives credibility to the God that we worship that they would see your good lives and praise God on the day that he visits us. Can you see that in there? That, that living good lives isn't, isn't just an inward thing. It's not, it's not I'm, I'm going to walk with God and I want to live a life that pleases God. It's, it's not just about, um, again, me and God or even me and us, but it's about Hastings as well. There's, there's nothing that discredits the gospel more than a life that isn't glorifying God. But there's nothing that gives substance to the message than a life that is transformed by the gospel and is bringing glory to the King of kings and Lord of lords. People may not listen to your words, but they will listen to your life. And what Peter's saying here is, hey, live such good lives that they see your good deeds and praise God on the day that he visits us. What does that mean, on the day he visits us? I read a couple of commentators and they both said different things, which wasn't helpful. One said it's on the day he visits us as far as at the end of time. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And in a sense, there's a sense of everyone will glorify God. But, but another commentator said something which I thought was quite interesting, that there is a day when God visits us as in, in individually. And our good lives that give a credibility, can give um, substance or, or weight to the gospel. I hope I'm explaining this well. But our good lives that can do that can help people accept the message. Now, I I believe at the end of the day, God chooses those that he wants to save. And yet he co-works with us. And I don't quite understand how it all works together. The sovereignty sovereignty of man, no, the sovereignty of God, and our free will and our involvement in salvation plan. And yet there's something in our lives, corporately as a church and as individuals, that speaks to a world that does not know God. And says, come and see the goodness of God. And I know for many of you, you gave your lives to Jesus whenever that was. Yes, because someone explained the Gospel to you, but actually because you were close to Christians that you loved and respected and you thought, they've got something that I want. There's something in our lives. When it says that they may see your good deeds... That word C refers to a careful watching over a period of time. It's not the evaluation is not a snap judgment. It's careful watching. Are you aware you're being watched? I'm not talking about CCTV cameras. You've been watched. Peter then goes to talk goes on to talk about um the church's place in society, how we're to work, you know, our, how, how we're to be good employees or good bosses. He then goes to talk about wives and husbands and family situations as an outworking of live such good lives. But why? That they may see your good deeds and praise your Father on the day that he visits us. Returning turning to a few passages this morning. Turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Still warm? You look warm. You look lovely as well, but you do look warm. Acts chapter 2. Verses 41 to 47 very familiar words um, with many of us, for many of us. I, I don't think actually there's a passage in the Bible that has more shaped King's Church Hastings and the practice of church life probably than this Passage here. There's so much in there that we aspire to. Talking about devotion to the word and to prayer, a generosity, an amazing generosity, a commitment, and a love for one another. Signs, wonders, and miracles being done. Selling possessions and goods, giving to anyone that they uh, that has need. And um, what is it? Praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people, and then God adding to their number. You know, there's so much in there. You think, oh, what I'd love. Wouldn't you? We'd love church to look like this. We'd love church to look like that, wouldn't we? Oh, that's good. I've, I've, there's a few of you who are more, more active again. You've regained consciousness. We want church to look like this. Let's read it. Although I've pretty much just explained it, but still. Those who accepted his message, that's Peter's message, were baptised and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. What great verses, what a great description of the church. Something that, that stood out to me as I was rereading reading it um, this week, it says this, in verse 46. Every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. Now I've often thought of the temple courts as being a bit like the Hastings Centre for us. I guess they would have met in the temple courts because it was probably the biggest meeting place in the city. It's where they would have come together. The ESV Study Bible says this, The Temple Mount was the focal point of Jerusalem during the time of Jesus. It occupied one-sixth of the city's area. And I often thought, well, probably it's a bit like when we gather at the Hastings Centre. I don't think it is. Jerusalem was the centre, the temple was the centre of Jerusalem, a major city. I guess they may have met there for a number of reasons, but one thing is for certain, they would have been very visible. People would have seen them. I guess 3,000 responding to the gospel in one day would cause a stir. But on a daily basis, they were meeting together in the temple courts. People, Jerusalem, would just have known they were there. And it says something very interesting later on, doesn't it? It says, they broke bread in their homes, they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. People respected them. People were aware that they were there. People would have seen them and heard them. They would have, I guess, seen of some. They'd have heard some of the teaching. They would have seen their devotion to one another. How they sold generously possessions and gave to the poor. Many of these things would have just been very, very visible to all the folk in Jerusalem. They would have just been there. I guess it would be a bit more like us meeting in Priory Meadow and people just seeing us there. And being aware of the grace of God, it wasn't that they, they at the first time they met someone. Like, well, maybe they did, but but it, but it speaks about they enjoyed the favor of all the people. There was something about their lives that people respected. They were open to the gospel because they they, they, they they'd seen they'd received favor, people had shown favor to them. Can you can you see that in Acts chapter two? These are wonderful words about the early church. A great description of what we would aspire to be as a church. But they were very visible as a church. And then it goes on, doesn't it, at the end. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I guess they were like a city on a hill. A lamp on a stand giving light to the whole area that they, people saw the early church's good deeds, and praised God on the day he visited them. The early church was visible. I think we need to be increasingly seen as a church. And as I've been preparing this morning, I thought, yes, I think that's what's coming through. Matthew chapter 5, 1 Peter 2. As we look at Acts chapter 2, there's, I, I've only in a sense taken a slice from each of those. I've not fully expounded any, any of those passages but I've been looking to show a theme here that the church was visible, it was seen. People, people knew they were there, people knew what they were like, they were growing in favour and I think increasingly, church, we need to be seen that increasingly we need to grow in favour with the communities that we're looking to reach. That we just need to be a bit more visible. And obviously that's where we're going with community groups. And these groups that we're looking to pilot in the September term, one of the things we're looking for is that they're just, that we're just a bit more visible. That people know we're about. That people, some of the testimonies that we tell to one another, the good stories we tell to one another, we want them to know because that will have an effect on their lives as well. Our generosity, our love for one another to flow out into a wider sphere. Now over the last couple of weeks I've spent time looking to unpack it and explain it and I know it's hard to um, grasp something when you can't see it, when you can't experience it. It's It's like a concept I'm trying to communicate. Sometimes it's helpful to look at other examples where something similar is happening. And at St Andrews in Chorley Wood, for the last six years, they've been doing something very similar to the community groups that we're looking to pilot in the autumn term. They've been running them for about four to six years. So Mark stibby who we had a couple of weeks ago, he was involved leading the church when they did this. Now, they're not exactly the same, or we're not looking to model exactly on what they've done, but there are many similarities. They called their groups Mission-Shaped Communities. We're going to call ours Community Groups. But they had their groups meeting in local neighbourhoods, looking to reach uh, children in different settings, reaching the elderly, they had community groups reaching the deaf community, those in prison, school communities, so they would have a group that would focus on a local school, probably meet in one of the buildings of a local school midweek, and then just see how can we serve this school community. How can we make a difference there? They had other groups that were focused more around specific um, age groups. So they might have a, a group that focused on young families, the so four or five families, similar age children. Let's see how we can reach out and invite uh, families that are in a similar position to us. Young people, adults with special learning difficulties, the homeless. They even had groups that focused on Sunday mornings. They felt that the skills and the gifting that God has given them actually are best, exp- best expressed on a Sunday morning. So they had groups that focused on making Sunday mornings as good as they can be. Over on the resources there at the end, there are six copies of a book called Breakout. They're five pounds each. I would recommend you run over there at the end and buy a copy because I know that people who have read them and they've been, uh, many people have been reading it who have fed back to me have said, ah, as I've been reading this book I've understood more what you're trying to do Paul. And so I would recommend get over there, buy a copy, read it. Soak in it a little bit, see, see what they did and that will also stir faith in you as well for all the things God is calling us to do in the future. On the 4th of July, so that's next Sunday, between 630 30 and 8pm we're going to have a community group workshop. We weren't quite certain what to call it. But it's going to be in the Jubilee Room and the idea of this is to invite any of you who are interested in leading one of these groups, supporting one of these groups or you just want to find out more about them, to come along and we're going to be being a bit more practical, trying to earth it down a little bit. We're going to look at how will these community groups start, how are they going to be led, And we're also looking for common themes to emerge from you. Because I imagine there's some over here and God is stirring you in certain ways, but there's also some people over here and God is stirring you in just the same way and I want to try and link you together and see what God is doing among us. Since I've been sharing this with you um, over the last few weeks and uh, with the leaders for a little bit longer, here are some of the things that people have been coming to talk to me about. Some of you have been coming to talk to me about this stuff. Overseas students, just got passion, a heart for overseas students. Others of you have been coming asking me about Bexhill. Could we set up a community group in Bexhill? Some have asked, could we run a car boot sale on a Saturday morning in the Hastings Centre car park? Because boot sales are really, really popular. I think they also had a lot of stuff they wanted to get rid of as well, but I'm not quite certain on the... uh, had someone telling me a great story about the Downs Farm Estate. Three from the small group that had been working into it decided to do a puddings evening at the local community centre. and So so the ladies had decided they were going to run it, and I don't know where the blokes went, I'll have to ask them later, but I think, I guess they went off to the pub or something like that. Anyway, when they arrived at the community centre, there were uh, 23 people waiting to go in with their puddings and their things like that and they just had an excellent time together. And the people, the people that were running it maybe wouldn't be the most evangelistic people you would think about in the church, but they just, they just put it on and it worked really, really well and there was a hunger and a desire to do some more stuff just like that. Because there's a, there's a hunger for community. There's a hunger for real relationships. Now, the... The groups that we, we launched, like I said, we're looking for three pilot groups, may come from some of the things I've listed above. There's a few others as well. Or they may not, but we're, we're looking to, in a sense, get a sense of what is right to pilot, to learn from over these coming months. Just as I tie it up and we uh, invite the children in in a minute, I believe from Scripture we have got a strong scriptural mandate to be on a mission for God. We are on a mission for God. To see lives transformed, to see the Gospel come with power. And we believe a sense of rightness that we need to change the structure of small groups and start launching these community groups. It doesn't explain it, it or describe it anywhere in the Bible. We've just got a sense of rightness in God. This is the right thing to do in this season. We can do this because God has got a passion for Hastings and God has got a passion for his church. It says in the Bible, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. I pray you may be active in sharing your faith, that you may have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 12. Paul said this On the contrary, we put up with anything rather than hinder the gospel of Christ. In Ephesians 6, he says, Pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me, so that I may fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should." God has done wonderful things for us, and God wants to do wonderful things for others as well. And as we're sort of on the verge of going into this new season in the autumn term, I want to ask you, how are you going to get involved? I want to give you three, yeah I've got three fingers up, that's good. I want to give you three options this morning. The first one is maybe you should be involved in one of these pilot community groups. Maybe you should be involved in that, maybe you should be one of the first waves onto the beach. I'm not saying that made any sense at all but you should be in the first round. You, you want to be stuck into these, you want to give it a go. We're not quite certain how it's going to work out, we haven't got it all lined out, we certainly don't have all the answers, but we feel the sense of God is in this. You feel you should be in that. But that won't be all of you, that will be some of you. But as I've mentioned as well over the last few weeks, Sunday mornings are also very, very important. The second way you can get involved is by making Sunday mornings better. Are you playing an active role in making our Sunday morning meetings better? Just once a month. Just once a month, I'd ask you can you make Sunday mornings better? Can you be the first friendly face that welcomes someone as they come through the car park entrance? Or help people find their feet? Or join the welcome team? Or help with the setup? Are you actively participating in making Sunday mornings better? You may say, well I, I don't know if God's calling me to it. I Don't worry about whether God's calling you to it. Just get stuck in and serve and probably God will speak to you on the journey. So just get stuck in, get involved and in the autumn term we're going to be freshly recruiting for Sunday teams, freshly trai- changing uh, training. When we put, change the auditorium round and people often think, are oh, we spinning the whole Hastings Centre round? No, no. We're just moving the stage, it's something much more modest. But we are looking, we are obviously looking to freshly train and equip Sunday teams. You do a brilliant job, we, we need more and we want to do it as well as we can do it. And so, community groups maybe, if not Sunday mornings. The third thing is, do you need to, and three weeks ago I spoke about this, is God challenging you to step up in leadership? Do you know here today that God has, you you know you're a leader. The problem is at the moment you're just not leading with us. Maybe various reasons for that. But in this season, maybe you need to sign up and say, actually, yeah, I want to take on leadership weight. I want to take on some fresh responsibility. I want to carry more weight. I believe God's, God's put something like that in me. Now on the back of that preach a few weeks ago we had an excellent response and we're going to be working that out over the autumn term. But if you didn't sign up then you haven't missed the opportunity. We need you all playing your part. We can't do this on our own. We need you carrying weight. Being part of what God is calling us to do as a church and you excel in it. But I want to I wanna I want to ask you to do it even better. Let's stand. Ron Simpkins, just before I preached or before the notices, brought a word about a new wardrobe with new clothes, bigger clothes, and you're thinking these these clothes feel a bit big for me. And God's saying, I'm not going to give you smaller clothes, I'm going to grow you and make you bigger. Maybe maybe on the back of the preach this morning and what we've been looking at over the last few weeks, that's exactly what God is saying to you. You need to grow a bit bigger. I want to grow you a bit bigger. But you've got to look in the wardrobe. You've got to be willing to step up. Don't miss this opportunity. Let's raise our hands. We're going to pray. Lord God, I thank you that you have good plans for us as a church. I thank you, Lord, your purposes for us are good, pleasing and perfect. Lord, I thank you the way you've designed churches, it's for all of us to be involved. It's for all of us to play a part. Lord, not just one or two, but every one of us has got a part to play. Lord, I ask you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you come afresh upon us right now? Lord I pray if it's community groups would you even now stir our faith and speak to us. Lord I pray if, if, you, if, if we're not certain it's that I pray just with Sunday mornings Lord we need more workers for the harvest field on Sunday mornings. Lord I pray stir our hearts in that. I pray if it's leadership and we know that God has given us more than we're presently using. Lord, I pray you'd stir our hearts. Speak to us. Lord, we say we're available to you. This is your church. Lord, we love to worship you. Lord, we love to sing songs of worship, but we also love to live lives of worship to you as well. Lord, we praise your glorious name. You are so very good to us. Amen.